Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Aaron Maurer here with another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. We are on episode 107, and in this episode, I get to speak with someone who has helped me out so much in the world of computer science, and I'm talking about Jacqueline Russell. Jacqueline Russell is the project lead for Microsoft MakeCode. So many of you, if you follow the blog or you come to sessions where I present at conferences, I'm always talking about MakeCode. I just think it's such a wonderful tool, um, an online platform for us to begin to think about how to weave in computer science and physical computing and doing it in a way that is accessible to more and more schools. So in this episode, we're going to break down and talk about computer science, what it looks like from not just the education lens, but also the professional world lens that Jacqueline has, things that are happening, the research behind physical computing, the research that's being done with Microsoft and Microbit and the MakeCode team, and, and, and so much more. And so I, I think you're really going to gain some valuable insights with this conversation. Be sure to check the show notes. Everything that we talk about is linked in the show notes if you want to find more about the research and anything else that we, we mention in the show. And more importantly, if you enjoy this podcast, I know everybody asks, it's super annoying, but the more I do this, the more I find out how important it is. If you could like it, leave a review on Apple, wherever you listen to the podcast, um, you know, give those stars, whatever it is, I greatly appreciate it. It will help get the podcast into more of the ear canals of our listeners. So let's jump into this episode with Jacqueline Russell. It's so good. And here we go. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs. Talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, born insane. Listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello, everyone. How you doing? This is Aaron Maurer back with another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. Once again, I know it's a broken record. I just need to come up with a new tagline, but I'm so excited for this guest as well. I mean, truly, these podcasts are becoming my my, my weekly dose of inspiration, and this guest is um, nothing short of inspiring in all the work that she does. And so really excited to have this next guest on the show. So, so Jacqueline, why don't we start off? Because I'm going to assume, unless some people have done work directly with you, thinking of the teachers that work I work with in Iowa, they probably have not heard of you, and you are definitely someone, you and your community and, and all the work that you do need to be in the networks of, of people um, that are trying to figure out this whole world of education and STEM and computer science, and the list goes on and on and on. So I want you to let everybody know who you are and uh, what you do. Great. Thanks for that very flattering interaction, Aaron. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Jacqueline Russell, and I'm the program manager on uh, the Meet Code team here at Microsoft. And, um, you know, I graduated a long, long, long time ago <laughs> with, uh, with a degree in computer science as my undergraduate. Um, and, you know, I went to work after, went to work in IT consulting um, after, after that. Um, for about seven years doing, you know, software development and operations management. And um, that was a really great, fun, 
first job, you know, because you get to travel around a lot to, you know, meet clients and companies um, all over the world and, you know, help them solve their their technology problems. Um, but um, but I met uh, a young man and I wanted to like <laughs> have a more serious relationship and not be on a plane all the time. And so I decided to um, to sort of do a little bit of a career switch. And so I went back to school to get my MBA. Uh, and then I came to Microsoft because um, I still wanted to be in the tech industry. Uh, and I've been here for, gosh, about 14 years now. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's here sort of I found uh, my passion, which is really doing work at the intersection of technology and education. Um, and so, you know, the beauty of working at for a big diverse company like Microsoft is that you can have, you know, multiple different careers uh, and still, you know, be assured of your paycheck, which was <laughs> great. You know, so over over the last uh, 14 years, I've had, you know, six different jobs um, and worked in many different of our groups. Um, I've worked in um, our developer division, which is actually the, the division that I'm working in now. This was um, the organization that I had my first job in. Uh, and then, you know, I've kind of bounced around. I worked at, in the, our academic audience marketing team. I worked in office on our SharePoint team. Uh, and then I worked um, for our Surface team, working on Surface for Education. Um, and then Minecraft Education. And now, uh, now on the MakeCode team. So, um, and then I can give you a little bit of background on MakeCode if that's helpful. I don't know if all the listeners know. Yeah, I definitely. I do. I do want to talk about it um, because I know that it's becoming um, more and more familiar with many educators, whether they're being introduced to that through Minecraft or Microbits. I mean, there's so many different platforms that are on there. So I definitely want to make sure we talk about MakeCode here. Um, a little bit, but as you're talking about kind of like your your job of the intersection between technology and education, and then your prior work of actually kind of being in the industry itself, um, you have a perspective that I think a lot of us as educators don't have. Um, most of us, and I know there's always the different stories, but most of us go into education. We start in education, and we tend to end in education, um, and so we don't necessarily have that kind of quote unquote like. On you know in the field experience, and so uh, what I wanted I, I want to ask you like as you kind of get to work in that intersection, I know you get to work you get to do some some PD and development with teachers and schools, but you're also working in the Microsoft ecosystem and your your prior job of actually working like in the industry. What are the you know maybe it's it's skills or mindset or or maybe it's something because I don't understand it myself that you see like are are just really helpful skill sets or, or acquisitions or things that no matter where you are, whether in the industry or the classroom, you know, or working in a, in, in a job that kind of is try, trying to build that hybrid that you see no matter what are just really important things. Because I think a lot of teachers, all these tools and tips and content and curriculum, we're all trying to make sure we have kids that actually can just function in society at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say the most important thing to have, regardless, I mean, whether you work in the tech industry or in education or wherever, is um, 
this idea of, you know, always learning and having that growth mindset and, and that kind of innate curiosity of the world around you and of people that you work with and trying to understand, you know, what their motivations are or, um, you know, why something works the way it does. And I think, you know, um, Certainly, um, in the olden days, I guess <laughs> we were all we were all trained to be subject matter experts, right? Yeah, like we yeah. were all like it was all about like what you knew, not necessarily what you don't know. Uh, and so I don't think that kind of that curiosity was necessarily rewarded or incented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's changing, and I see it certainly in Microsoft. Um, you know, where it's like, oh, well, what um, what did you learn is like the first question now, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny when you were talking about, um, you know, your listeners all being um, uh, tra- trained in education and sort of drawn to education. And certainly, you know, my background was more around technology, being trained in technology and sort of discovering this passion for education later on in life. Um, And I think it was, um, you know, when I first started working at Microsoft, I worked on um, a product called Visual Studio Express Editions, which was the first product we offered for free to sort of students and hobbyists, people learning about, um, about software development. And I started working with students and teachers and just got so much energy and passion uh, working in the classroom and also working with, you know, students who are trying new things. They have this idea for building and they want to figure out how to do it. And um, so I think that's kind of where it really kind of hit me that I just, you know, I love this process of learning and trying things and failing and trying it again. And, you know, um, and I think I'm sure your listeners all are understand, you know, that that aha moment in 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 teaching where um, where a student really kind of a light bulb goes off in their head and and you helped make that happen. It's I mean, it's such a wonderful feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. So that's why. I, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe after this, you know, this next job, I'll go into teaching because <laughs> Because it's really such a wonderful, and you know the the impact you can have on these young people is just incredible. So yeah, um, you know I always describe that when that light bulb goes off. Um, I always say like you can't you can't put words to it. There's like an aura. No. There, there's like yes. an aura that like emanates like around the <laughs> totally. kid, and you're just like, this is why I do this job. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I have the same thing now. I, I serve 21 school districts, so I try to help educators, and I, and I like to try to get a classroom mm-hmm. as much as I can. But there's so many times. I'm just like, I miss, I miss my own classroom, so to speak. You know, I miss the daily yeah. interaction of kids where, you know, a lot of teachers are, are starting up here and you're on day one and by day 180, they've, they've become a whole nother person, you know, and you like to think you've, you, you've played a small role in that with the community of educators and everyone else involved, you know, and there, that, that is a, it's such a rewarding uh, feeling for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it gives you energy, I find. Like, I feel like I get so much inspiration and energy, actually, from both teachers and students, too, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, it's, we read so much in education, um, and regardless of the school or PD or in-service, this conversation comes up 
all the time. It's nothing new about, um, you know, how we have to continue to help students stay flexible. And they might, people might use other words, you know, and I was thinking about just how you've had kind of six different roles within the Microsoft ecosystem, um, you know, and that's pretty normal, I think, in the sense for a lot of people, like even a lot of my friends, seems like every three or four years, so I always joke with them like, okay, so where are you heading next? Like there's always, <laughs> you know, and so that, that, that adaptability, yeah. And so as we start to, you know, think about, you know, when you get to work with kids on different projects and platforms, and maybe this is a, well, we'll segue in, in the make code a little bit, helping kids pr- have these opportunities to learn how to be flexible, you know, and so maybe you can connect that to your make code, or if you want to reference it to any of the other projects you did, it's perfectly fine too, because I think that that's really important. Uh, primarily as computer science is starting to be more and more prevalent across the states, um, I think a lot of educators going back to even actually what you said earlier about, you know, we were trained in one discipline, you know, like mm-hmm. I was, you know, yeah. I started, I was going to be a social studies. That's what I was a social studies teacher and that's what I did. And now here I am, you know, so much more robust, but yeah. now we have to be flexible as educators and constantly be lifelong learners and then help instill that with kids. And so how have you seen that kind of mindset and, and stuff happen, you know, in the work that you're doing, whether it's with make code or, or other things, because, I think that's a you have to train that 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 muscle memory that brain capacity to kind of be ready for the conditions whatever they 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 might be. Yeah, no, you really do. Um, so it you know we have a research group here at Microsoft Microsoft Research, um, and um, and all they do is research. <laughs> and so the idea for MakeCode actually started off in our research group. So there's a, a, re, a research on. A, software engineering systems group. And, you know, they do a lot of research into uh, computer science education and, you know, um, how can we do a better job about teaching, um, teaching young people about technology and, and computer science. And so, you know, um, one of their hypotheses was around this idea of um, uh, physical computing being more inclusive. So as you know, we there's a huge uh, issue around um, uh, equity and and um, inclusiveness of computer science right. uh, today. You know, um, it's it's definitely still very much a male dominated and sort of uh, white or Asian male dominated field. And so, um, you know, the the problem space that they were trying to address is how can we change the curriculum or tools or you know teaching methods to make it more interesting for a broader range of students. And so. Um, this research project, they partnered with the BBC um, and ARM and a few other, uh, Samsung and a few other companies um, back in, I want to say 2015, 2014, 15, um, in the UK to come up with, you know, to, to test this hypothesis around physical computing being more inclusive. And so um, as a result of that project, they created um what is now known as a microbit, um, but it was uh, essentially a all-in-one little cheap microcontroller um, device that kids could learn to code on. Um, and um, and so the UK, you know, uh, um, 
got involved in this and they distributed about a million of these microbits uh, all across the UK. Um, and, um, and it was hugely successful. They did a research study um, in 2017 to sort of evaluate the impact of the microbit um, and found it to be, you know, just super engaging and engaging um, students that would not, you know, necessarily or normally sign up or be interested in computer science. You know, I think there was, um, uh, they asked girls specifically, um, you know, before and after using the microbit and found that there was a 70% increase in interest after having, you know, um, used the microbit. So, so very encouraging results from that project. Um, and as a result of that, um, Microsoft kind of said, hey, this seems like there's something there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they took that 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 research project and and actually pulled it into you know the product group and and then put together an engineering team and started building a product around it. Um, and that's kind of when I joined the team. Yeah, and I know uh, I just saw I think it was something on Twitter today talking about I think that about the increase in in uh, female um, engagement or interest in computer science with the microbit. I think they might have tweeted it out. I'm sure they tweeted it more than once. Um, and so mm -hmm. I find that, I find it really fascinating. And I know I've had a chance to work with um, three outstanding uh, fourth grade teachers at a school that I work with. And every year we do, we design um, a project around a um, novel. And oh. each chapter, depending on the book, we every year we try to find a book, um, we build up the capacity of understanding the microbit and coding leading up to then the end, you know, this bigger project where they end up designing their own. And it's, it's, it blows me away every year that we get fourth graders like who have never coded, yeah, um, zero experience, little intimidated. And we get three, four weeks in and they're wanting to code Python because, you know, they want to start coding sound and music and they're, wow. you know, and so um, I can completely relate to uh, the research in that because uh, we connect with Flipgrid and they're asking quite and just the energy, I mean, just the, the amount of confidence that grows, you know, um, and for those that don't know, the microbit has like a five by five LED little kind of pixel grid on the front and the the amount of time, like just to get a light to turn on, like people get so excited. Like it doesn't take, you know, a million dollars of tech to make people feel good about themselves. <laughs> you know, that was, yeah. like, uh, yeah. you know, there's nothing better than getting a, a light to show up for the first time and be like, oh my God, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's something about like the tangibility of like things yes. that make it more approachable and accessible, I think, um, to a lot more kids than just like the sort of on screen you know, digital world of coding, right? Yeah, where yes. it's like, and especially I think when you can combine it with like your project where it's like making stuff around it, or there's like some art or creativity mm -hmm. that you can, you know, infuse in this. So it's not just, you know, writing lines of code. It's like making the lights flash in a cool animation, you know, or yeah. something like that. I think it, um, it definitely is, um, it it kind of showcases the 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 magic of technology when you can combine both the digital sort of coding stuff, but also the the physical like making and um, yeah. And I was having a conversation with a teacher, and it's, we were t just talking about like the shifts in education, where five 
five years ago, maybe maybe ten. Uh, you know, I'm starting to date myself as well here. Like, like if we're, when the kids were able to be on a computer screen or device, like that was like the bee's knees. Like that was amazing. And now we have this shift where that doesn't excite kids. Uh, more and more schools are one to one, or they they have accessibility to technology more than than ever before. Or then obviously their own phones and social uses. Where now, like that screen doesn't hold the engagement, and so that's where a lot of the work that I do is trying to figure out how do we create this hands-on play. We still mm-hmm. need some of that, like in order to code. Yes, we need to have actually have do some coding on a computer, but the stuff with like the microbit, this this tangible things, because yeah. what's not happening is a lot of kids aren't playing anymore. Like, and it's not a I'm not finger pointing at anything, but like kids are doing less and less of that as when they're young, as well as growing up, we go right to our video games and our phones and I'm guilty of that myself. And so now to play with cardboard and to, you know, build a robot where we have a micro bit that displays a heart, like that is amazing because that's the stuff that, you know, they're just not doing. Um, yeah. And I wonder like in your research and work too, um, is that part of the way you think some of that fills into the confidence for for not just girls but kids who maybe don't see themselves in these fields where they're starting to realize, oh, it's more than just typing code on in front of a computer, which has kind of been that stigma because that was the reality for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, has that? Do you think some of that plays a part in, in the shifting of the mindset for kids? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think um, our philosophy has always been around, you know, the writing code is in service of a personally meaningful project for the child, right? And I see this with, I see this with my my own daughter, who's who's nine. And, you know, of course, I'm like trying to push her into yeah. like coding and stuff. But of course, she, you know, she's rebelling because it's her mom. Um, of course, but, of course. <laughs> but I see like, so we just did a project, um, you know, uh, last weekend. And she doesn't care about learning about for loops. Like, you know, she she couldn't care less about like how to write a for loop, but she does want to make this animation happen three times in a row. And so because of that, you know, she learned how a for loop works so she could like actually code it um, because this was important for her project. And so that's the kind of learning that we want to have happen. And to your earlier point about how do we instill this sort of flexibility, adaptability, resourcefulness in kids, I think it's this type of learning that does that more so than, you know, sort of the textbook, you know, read a chapter and answer these questions type learning. Um, And certainly I think a big inspiration for us has been, you know, the whole constructionism uh, learning philosophy, right? Where, um, where learning is, you know, is really the construction of knowledge, not necessarily, you know, just a, um, uh, transfer of knowledge or consumption of knowledge right right um so so yeah so we take that um uh, to heart every time we build a product feature or you know um publish it you know any kind of tutorial or things like that because we, we think it's important that there is this element of freedom to create and construct um, for the kids and, um, and to, you know, use the tools for their own purposes. Yeah. And I think you hit on something that's, that's really valuable for anyone listening, whether they're comfortable in coding computer science or whether they're teaching that or not, is this idea of helping kids have the ownership of their learning. You know, that example Mm -hmm. to your daughter reminds me of my own children, 
um, who were going through a computer science course in their school. Um, and it was a very step-by-step, -step, like today we're all going to do this and then tomorrow, yeah. you know, and I'm not, I'm not against it and I'm not trying to downplay that to, to uh, any sort of insult, but th th they didn't have any ownership in it. And mm -hmm. so my kids were not connected to the learning and they're not interested mm -hmm. in it, which part yeah. of me like died a little bit inside. I'm like, <laughs> but it's so cool. Like your dad has all the nerdiest stuff ever. And maybe that's the re maybe that's the reason why maybe we'll even the teaching is because dad likes it. But yeah. you know, I think about when I get to go and work with some schools, like even when we take, think about these micro bit projects, like the goal is we don't walk in going, Hey, we're going to teach you how to code. No is, you know, this one thing that the novel was, um, the wild robot escapes. And so we had them build their own Roz is the main character, of this robot. And we had them huh? build their own. That's the very first thing. No tech. Like they nice. built it with duct tape and cardboard and they had a name. Like it was their robot. And then what naturally happens as they continue to read the story, like, well, I want my robot to do X, you know, and now we've got them because now yeah. it, we know we're like the professionals of educators, right? Like we know how to funnel them to get the, the goals that we need to achieve, but they're choosing the pathway. So like we right. knew, or at least are, we anticipated, like once they get re become really proud of this robot they've built, they're going to want the eyes to light up. They're going to want it to move. They're going to want it to do all these things. And we've got them. Like now yeah. we've got them doing high level code and it's not even about like hey did you know you you just did it if then else statement like they don't yeah. it doesn't even sound about that but they're like how do i make this work you know yeah and i think yeah. it, that speaks volumes to any kind of work we do that the idea of uh ownership in our own learning yeah and i think it i mean it's it's more real world like in the real world of software development it's you know you need to do a task or like, you know, actually build a product feature and it's up to you to figure out how to do that, you know? And so I think, um, I think it's very important to teach kids, you know, their independence. And as you said, sort of self ownership of that learning to, to go out and figure out a solution by themselves instead of being told, you know, how to do it. Yeah. So as you get, you, you, you get a perspective you know that. Well, I'm assuming you get a perspective um, because of like the job and all the awesome things that I see you share on there, and you get to connect with lots of people all over the world, whether in person or online. And you're working on a lot of stuff with with Microsoft and, and the Make Code team. Like, what are some things that that are really making you excited about just the landscape of whether it's education or STEM or computer science or just in general, like what are these things that you're seeing? I don't want to call them trends because that's not necessarily the right word, but um, you know, you do get the, you have a much more robust probably perspective than a lot of us who um, just do the way the lifestyle, the job is, you know, we have a very like local lens of, of things um, that you're seeing like, Oh man, this is, this is, this is neat stuff that that's coming out. Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, a couple things. So one is, I think there's um, there's an opportunity in education, probably in the next five years, um, where where especially you know, computing education can become more and more part of the mainstream curriculum. I think we've never really had this opportunity before, um, but there is, um, and you're seeing this, I'm sure too, this increasingly 
interest and, and high level visibility, both from the top down, but also from the bottom up. A lot of teachers that I talk to are, you know, um, interested in incorporating, how do, I, how do I use this technology that is now in my classroom to not only just replace, you know, textbooks or whatever, um, but also be, as a tool for kids to create, you know, cool digital artifacts or, or physical artifacts. And so um, I think there, you know, over the next five years, we're going to see a lot of um, movement on that front um, in bringing uh, computing education into the mainstream classroom. And so um, I, I hope that we can certainly influence that so that it's not just, you know, another thing that teachers have to teach, but really more infused in, you know, what they're currently already teaching, just, you know, using um, using uh, computer science to sort of augment that. And so like the example that you gave where, you know, it was already a lesson on literacy, but, you know, you can use um, computing uh, microcontroller devices and things like that to augment the learning. And so, you know, I hope that we see more of that. And it feels like, you know, all the schools that I talk to and all the teachers and um, that that this is something that is um, that there's appetite for. Um, so so I'm excited about that change. Um, from uh, from the tech industry standpoint, you know, I see a lot more interest in um, in really helping students and sort of the next generation truly, you know, take ownership of technology and, and um, be uh, technology creators and makers, not just, you know, the computer scientists of the future or, you know, the future, you know, Amazon or Microsoft employees, but everyone. Um, and I see, you know, all the technology companies really being more authentic with how they engage. So it's not just, you know, about selling more devices to classrooms or, um, <laughs> or you know, getting more you know, schools on their technology platforms, but but like a real authentic interest in empowering everyone, not just you know the sort of nerdy kids, but but everyone in you know in being able to create uh, with technology, whether that's computer science or something else. Um, so that is that's really you know inspiring to me too. Um, the, and, and it's and it feels like it's like all of us working together, not like competing. Like so, we work very closely with Google's Blockly team with, on MakeCode, mm -hmm. and you know we feel very much like we're in a partnership with them to you know help this next generation. Um, so yeah, so it's a nice feeling. It's it's a it's a nice community to be working in right now. Yeah, and I, I'm so excited that you said that because I was just actually the last couple of guests that we had or that, I, that I've been talking to is this whole idea of like cooperative or, you know, we call it, I, I'm uh, quoting here from first cooperation, you know, or, you know, when you have like your first like league teams, you know, you're, you're competing, mm -hmm. but yet you're, you're still in it together. And um, yeah. it's, it's nice to hear that that stuff's happening, you know, in the industry as well, because it seems like more and more schools are trying to figure out like, Hey, Let's stop uh, trying to tear each other down after you work together. How do we, you know, yeah. collect our resources and our manpower and our genius, and everything else, and really kind of just increase the community? And, and and I think people are starting to see more. It's it's a trend. It seems like it's happening more and more um, because I think people are starting to realize like this whole just you know creating this grind and this rub all the time. You know, is isn't necessarily working either. 
Yeah. And so um, when you said that, um, I know people can't see, but I'm over here nodding my head. They're like, oh my gosh, this is like these reoccurring ideas. And so I think it's something mm-hmm. that we need to really kind of keep a pulse on because it's it's exciting and it's moving things in the right direction. So, as, you know, as, I want to be respectful of your time because I know that you're busy. And um, if, if so if any other ideas or thoughts, um, if you don't have any, that's okay too, um, that we didn't bring up that you want to be able to address um, because I know that this conversation is going to lead to lots of engagement and conversations and, and things like that. But is there anything that you wanted to share that we didn't quite funnel through in, 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 in the questions here before we uh, wrap things up? Um, not really. I mean, I think, um, if your listeners are kind of intrigued about, um, anything that I talked about, I would just encourage them to go to our website, uh, makecode.com and learn more about, you know, what is MakeCode and what kind of products we support. Um, and, and to not be afraid. I mean, I think this is, um, if you can drag and drop, you can code. So, (laughs) you know, I think that's probably the, the, the hardest barrier to get over, uh, you know, in bringing uh, computational education into the classroom is this sort of fear factor. So, um, but it's super easy. Uh, you know, um, it's uh, there's so many examples of people who th- thought they could never do it, this kind of stuff, and they're like more expert than me now. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's really important too because I know, um, and I know computer science is more more than coding, so no one flagged me for for that. But this idea of so many times in workshops or when I talk with teachers, you hear the phrase like "I'm not a coder." You know, almost kind of like when you hear like people or kids mm-hmm. say like. I'm not good at math. Like it's, that's, yeah. that's not really a thing. Like it, it's a <laughs> mental barrier. Yeah. And it, yes. Yeah. It might require practice and things like that. But uh, in this whole field too, there's so many people that don't have that confidence, but it's like, once you kind of try it and do some of it, you realize like, Oh, I can actually do this and you know, yeah. we can all do it, you know? And so um, those are uh, great words of, uh, of, of wisdom for sure. Jacqueline, if, if people want to follow your journey and just kind of see, learn more about you or add you to their network, um, where, where are some of the best places for them to uh, reach out and uh, yeah. see what you got going on? So I'm terrible at social media. I will just say <laughs> that as my disclaimer. But um, but you can find me on Twitter uh, at uh, Jackster, J, uh, J-A-Q. S-T-E-R is my Twitter handle. Um, but um, unfortunately, I I think I only go on to Facebook on my birthday <laughs> <laughs> to thank people for birthday wishes. But, sure, uh, sure. And so, so I'm not really on, on Facebook or any of the other ones. But but yes, so they can reach me on Twitter. Um, if they have feedback or questions, I would love to hear that. Um, and we're always looking for... Um, for teachers who want to, you know, pilot new new features or try out uh, different things, because um, we're always hungry for feedback. So, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And for those that have listened to the show, you know, the links will be in the show notes, and we'll get links to MakeCode if that's something that's new to you and you want to know more about that, as well as the microbit. If that's also something um, that you haven't heard of and you're interested in learning more about that, we'll make sure we get links for you to check all that stuff out down there in the show notes. Jacqueline, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time to uh, chat with us today. Um, I know it's sure, going to inspire and you know lead to lots of great conversation. Great. Thanks so much, Aaron.
Thank you.